another very long night <laughs> the longest night so far i think for one only one spending movie. long night we watched a british two and a half hour movie in america it was two episodes of a mini series yeah it's a time difference yeah it's the trend the conversion rate really but pierce brosnan up. is very handsome so i don't care i can watch like six hours of movies with him pierce brosnan okay james bond. james bond very handsome he played an american writer with a british accent <laughs> i just realized that he's english today well, yeah I was like yeah first of all welcome to alien metric of halloween episode million and twelve I'm Yelgavish, this is Metcona. Shelly is on the corner today with us. Yeah, and I don't think she'll be tired. a factor in this episode. No, she's very tired all day. I don't know what, you do, what you've done with her in the morning. Uh, I get <laughs> up early in the morning and I exercise with her. <laughs> what did you do? Did you run a marathon or something? No. She was like the tiredest ever today. Yeah. I don't know, maybe all the week. It's just like it's a Sunday for her too. And yeah, she was so sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so welcome back. We recapped, we're recapping Bag of Bones, which Matt picked. I did. This was a 19, based on a 1998 Stephen King novel that I remember really enjoying when it came out. It was one of the, uh, when I first started getting into reading Stephen King books, I remember this was one of the, f- the first couple of new releases that when it uh, came out, I got the hardcover version. And I oh, really yeah, liked were, it, but I didn't remember much it about it. Out. In 1998. You were 16, 16. What did yeah. I say? 12? 12. No, I was, I was born eight. in 1982. I have no idea why I came up with 12. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking I was eight, and then eight years later, you were 16. Right. I am a 38. Eight years later, eight, eight years more. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's one of those books where... I've read so many Stephen King books. I don't remember the details of the story. I've never read it. You also said that it's very it. long, and also you already watched the TV version of it. So. But I didn't know that this existed. Um, Stephen, a lot of Stephen King works have been made into TV miniseries, and then I, I looked this up after the fact because well, I picked this because it's on a collection of. Stephen King movie, a six-film yeah, collection, and so I thought it was a film. It was released in England as a and film. I, and I asked him, oh, really? Yeah. Or is it still a joke? No, With no, no. difference. So I asked you yesterday, I think. I was like, what, did you pick a TV show? Yeah. And you're like, no, I picked a movie. And I was like, it's a TV show. <laughs> it like was a two-night Yeah, it's like two, yeah, it's two... And the reason uh, I never, the reason like, I'd never heard of it was because it was on the A and E network, which most of the yeah A and E is it's a cable network. They've done and they they show a lot of the biography shows, but um, it stands for Arts and Entertainment. It's it was really good. I think it's the the uh, adaptation of Stephen King thing, 
especially on TV, that I enjoyed the most so far? Out of even including the movies? I mean... Well, you never, you've not read the book. No. But, no, I'm, I'm talking mostly, like, TV stuff. Mm-hmm. But, no, the Eat, the first one, was very good. But a lot of things that, like, becoming movies or things on big screens are not good. Yeah. Well, I mean... So it's one of, like... It was well done, and Pierce Brosnan is a... A very big, handsome man. Big-time Hollywood hunk <laughs> and actor. He's a good actor. And he's handsome. Yeah, I know. You've mentioned that several times. I don't care. He doesn't times. have to be a very... Like repetition just, yeah. yeah so it's an important detail otherwise if you if they would pick like an ugly actor or something and we wouldn't survive for like three hours or four hours tomorrow we're gonna rick up the titanic <laughs> and the day after the uh, iceberg is the killer and that we're gonna rick up another the bold and beautiful the entire siri so far siri <laughs> Like soap opera, how do you call it? It's a series. Series, series is the thing series, that you yes. ask for oh, yeah, she the also... weather updates. <laughs> she might answer now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Be careful. Be careful what you wish for. So Ooh. this is a, a long line of Stephen King. Uh, yeah, Matt Fellas. Did you stories. read any... What happened? Yeah, I did. I did Thank read uh, what happened, and I tried to stay awake. I had no, a long it day was also of very long. I had getting a up early, and long day, running too. around <laughs> with the dog, and then working. We, we so. did good. I felt like we're, I tried to like keep it as a shift. So when you went to the floor, I was like, I'm gonna like doze off for a moment. And then I woke up and I saw that you were asleep too. So I was like, All right, rewind. <laughs> Let's see what happened. <laughs> So yeah, I dozed off too a little bit. It's also, it was very long. I mean, it's three hours and we're watching a movie every day. I don't have days off much. Yeah. Also, th- I mean, whatever. This is it, this was a, a pretty, this is very story-oriented. It wasn't very supernatural in terms of weird monsters and shit. There's dreams and... Uh, they factor in a lot, but it wasn't like it. There's no giant spider or whatever. There is a lady in the tree and electrocution in some ways that happen uh, later. But let's start from the beginning, sort of recap it. The first, all right, so we watched what it. What happened in the beginning? It was so long time well, we ago. Wa- well, we watched it all uh, together. There's an option on the DVD to watch part one or part two or put them together. You can watch part two and then part one. Although, when you still. When you watch them together, it still includes the to be continued in the credits and then the <laughs> opening sequence, which, whatever. We, we got the DVD for probably less than $10, and there's five other movies in there, so who are we to complain? But uh, a lot of setting the stage in the... I like that they did, like, an opening for two episodes. Yeah. There's a lot of setting the stage for the in the first part. It's a story about a famous writer which Stephen King a has famous, done handsome in a writer. lot of uh, a lot of his books and uh, he's with his loving wife they have a tradition where she always writes the last line of the book before it's ready to be sent out to uh, the editors and to get published and then uh, she does it they're happy 
Four months later, he's at a book signing. She runs across the street to a grocery and store. And something funny. I asked Matt if he'd ever done that, and I thought it's super funny. But also I asked him because I had the feeling that if someone that I know would have done that, it would have been you. Do you want to tell what you did? And why would you pick that? What? What you did in the book signing. I've never been in a book signing in my life. Oh, yeah. Uh, she asked if I've been to a book signing and if I've had them sign something besides the book that was the new release. And yes, the answer is yes. Wait, did you go with their book and that one or you just went with that one? So I went to a book signing of uh, Chuck Paula Palhuniak, I think is how you pronounce it, the author of Fight Club, and he was promoting his newest book, Choke, and we were in line at the Harvard Co-op bookstore in Harvard Square. And it's a really long line, so you're waiting in line around the store. And one of the things... When thing, was it? Whenever Choke came out, I don't know, the early 2000s. And he had been... He did... You do, the author typically does a reading first or maybe takes some questions. And then everybody gets in line to get their book signed. Or sometimes a part of the reading is you pay and it you pay to attend it and it includes a copy of the book. So you get it when you see it, go up there, but he would allow you to bring another book of his or something for him to sign. And I think I brought someone else, like someone else, like they couldn't go to it, their copy of Fight Club or something, uh, a friend of mine. And I also just grabbed off the shelf an issue of Oprah magazine and uh, because he made a joke about how it would never be a part of Oprah's book club <laughs> and uh, he signed it and I didn't Where pay for it? the magazine. Uh, I don't know. I think I still probably have it somewhere. Yeah, uh, Matt likes to collect stuff. Yeah. But I also forever. videotaped him reading something from another one of his books. Because, oh my God, that's creepy. Well, the, Back to IC with the bad <laughs> version. He was down. He's a, he's a cool guy. Uh, yeah. Who's a killer? Who's a killer? That's what uh, you asked him yeah. to say. Yeah, yeah I said I was, this is for my, for my blog. And, uh, <laughs> and then I asked him if he knew Helen Hunt in the other ICU movie. But um, yeah, so there's my book signing story i've been to a few book signings over the have years have you ever been to stephen king's one no does he do that i tried to go to it wasn't a signing i don't think he likes he likes to do signings anymore yeah, that, i think he's too cool to do that i tried to get tickets to uh him having a reading and it was a real pain in the ass and i couldn't get tickets so i i didn't go <laughs> that's it yeah just go to his house and ask him to long do story stuff boring for but you know <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Bless me. Thank you very much. God, appreciate God bless it. Thank you. you. May the spirit of the tree lady bless you and not curse your bloodline. Please not curse. All right. So let's talk about the movie. It's uh, he when he's signing books, his wife goes across the street to the grocery store. She buys a pregnancy test. And on her walk back across the street, she gets hit by a truck. A bus. Uh, a bus, and, and then he sees he the, the he movie. sees the commotion. 
He's a big the- vehicle that causes a loss of life. A bus, a truck, <laughs> whatever. God. And um, oh she God. basically dies in his arms. Hey, we didn't say her stuff. Okay. Shit. Hey, you're the one running this. I'm fresh. I just woke up. I got all sorts of energy. Good morning. All right. Well, that's Judge by the cover. I said that uh, it looks really cool. Children drowning in a lake. That looks really cool. I just wrote underwater daughter. <laughs> ah, so you knew about the daughter stuff. No, I just wanted to rhyme. Uh-huh. And it's obviously like a young girl. Body count? I guess four. I said six, I won. There was eight. Oh, okay. First kill? Five minutes and five seconds. And I said ten, and I won on this one too. It was nine and thirty seconds. No, unless we do closest without going over. And then I win. Nudity, what? Unless what? Unless we do closest without going over. Like <laughs> price is right rules. Sure. Nudity, no. Me too. Bleak. Bleak ending, I said no. I said no, but I'm not sure if that like ending was kind of like when they wanted you to think that something is going to happen or... I'm not sure. So uh, it might we'll be like... discuss it later. Half bleak. And animal death. I said yes, hamster. I said yes, a bird. Well, we were both wrong. Yeah, no animals died <laughs> in this one. Luckily, I prefer that. There was a raccoon. But it survived. Yeah. It was. It's... It lived a great life. It had yeah. a bunch of library books. <laughs> it had some lie. Happily ever after now. Lived above a studio. It was a studio apartment for a raccoon. Um... We have a giant raccoon that lives nearby here. We've seen it before. Mm. Um, so he's dealing with the death of his wife. His publisher really wants him to put out a new book. So he just takes a, a trunk novel, a book that he wrote 10 years prior, out of a desk drawer and submits that. And uh, the the agent is played by Jason Priestley, which is he was famous from Beverly Hills 90210. He was Brandon, and uh, <laughs> I thought that was cool. No, 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 that made me it. feel like a real TV movie. I don't. It's not surprising that you didn't watch it. It was on when you were like two years old. So. No, on my brother was watching it. All right. I mean, it was on for a long time, but it was on yeah. like the early nineties. I know. I was a little kid. I but I loved uh, Full House. That's very different. I'm not sure if I understood anything because it was in English, but I kept watching it like obsessively. Mm-hmm. Well, both shows took place in California, but that's about the only sim- Maybe we should break up uh, Beverly Hills. Bev- Shima Time Vessel. 90210. 90210. So, <laughs> so the agent he gets this book made, but he really wants to um, write more, but he can't write. He's like he thinks he can't write because his wife is gone. He's drunk. He just stays in the house. He did. He calls only her, calls her voicemail. He needed her to do that, like to be there for him to write. Yeah. And yeah, it's acting like. If you were wondering what that weird sound was, I could hear it. You scratching the table. So I'm sure that the microphone may have picked it up too. 
Probably this not. This podcast is haunted, so yeah, I'm going to do this the rest the of the way. Demons, the demons. And we'll see if it shows up in, in the your podcast. Mind. Um, the there's a I'm lake house. myself alive. A lake house that his wife had been uh, working to keep renovated. He didn't spend that much time there because he was always so deep in writing his novels, doing promotion and things like that. And he gets a his a dream about the house, and a girl is in it. This little girl in a red bathing suit with a Red Sox hat. Windows of the house getting exploded out. And then he gets a call from his uh, person who works as a caretaker over there. All that time he asked his wife questions, like two, twice for uh, no, once for yes, twice for no. So he asked her, like, should I go up there? One for yes, twice for no. Shelly's dreaming all day. She was like that. That's not me scratching the table now. That's Shelly running in the fields in her dreams. Mm. Um, so this dream, the dreams are becoming closer to his, his reality and he decides to go up there and, uh, see what's going on. They get it prepared for him. This kind of a creepy, nervous guy who is the person in charge of looking after it. And then he says that there's a housekeeper that'll be by the next day and, uh, he's settling in trying to get his shit back together. He's grabbing something from the fit. He also suspects that his wife was cheating on him because she got pregnant and she didn't tell him and she was like nine, eight. Yeah, he saw the pregnancy test next to her body as she died on the street. Yeah, but then the doctor told him that she was like eight or nine weeks old, like pregnant. Mm -hmm. So it was curious why she didn't tell him anything. And... Yeah, he has a lot of questions. And he thought, no, he thought that she was cheating on him. So, and also, he's like finding out that she was with someone in the restaurant up there. She she spent a lot of time in that house, and he just like thought that maybe she was too. I don't know. He didn't provide her what she needs, or so he's kind of like suspects her and asks people weird questions. Yeah, but he goes into the fridge and the alphabet magnets <laughs> on his... I just said something else. They're like, yeah, but he goes to the fridge. Yeah, because I was in the middle of saying something. You started talking about something yeah, that because it's, much later. No, it's not much later because he keeps like asking the guy if she had company here and stuff like that. Or that. He didn't ask her that right away. He This okay. is his first day there. He's just going in the fridge. Okay, and, okay. And... Uh, you're right a message comes out trying to communicate with him and it freaks him out and then a glass breaks and he's yelling at the, in the house that if she's there is someone else here with us and then it's the freaked out housekeeper who's like hey i'm a little old white lady who's tidying up your house so uh, you want me to come back and then he sort of plays it off and she becomes a pretty important character later because she fills him in on some uh, information about this strange town which is uh in maine yeah what's it called of course dark lake something it's got a very strange name to it and uh so yeah he's he's there was a sign to bangor when he was like dark driving. score yeah so 
him. And so he goes into town because he's maybe embarrassed for just freaking out, talking to ghosts in the house in front of this old lady. Goes to eat. And he goes to the uh, the place, Billy Jellison's Cafe, Buddy Jellison's Cafe. And uh, he sees this little girl who is walking in the middle of the street from his dream. And he parks and then pulls her out of the street before the speeding car comes by. And then uh, this young lady, young single mother, comes and thanks him. And she's like, please don't tell anyone about this. And then he's like, well, it's a little too late because you see the nosy old Mainer guys who just sit around in restaurants getting into other people's waiting, business. Yeah, waiting for things like that to happen. Yeah. And so uh, he eats, he grabs some food, and then all these creepy guys in there tell her, you should stay away from her. That's Maddie. She's uh, nothing but trouble. Because And they... they give her a little a little backstory on her that she killed her husband because he was uh, trying to drown her daughter and uh, his father is a very powerful man named Max and he's like the most powerful man in the world <laughs> yeah that's how it felt he's the kingpin the kingpin of uh, dark take whatever the hell this place is called and uh so he's kind of brushes it off, but then he gets a visit from uh, authorities or some police officer who's in Max's pocket and gets summoned to talk about uh, what happened at this custody trial. And uh, someone who is supposed to be representing the young girl, uh, who's obviously on the side of Kyra. Yeah, uh, he's in the pocket of Max, and so Michael is kind of defiant. He says, "Well." Sounds like you care more about uh, this guy than representing the girl fairly, and they're like, "This, this is over. Well, this this discussion is over." And then, yeah, you know, more threats happen with Max. It's like, and Max is also a very creepy old guy with one of those wheelchairs, and his assistant Rosette <laughs> is a very creepy, evil-looking <laughs> older woman. Yeah, she looks like. Like, I don't know, Cinderella's stepmother or something. Yeah. If she worked in a library in hell. <laughs> she was uh, creepy, her stepmom. Cinderella's stepmom or, yeah. or this girl, the character? She was also creepy. That's why I compared them. Yeah. Um, so she is happy. She kind of she tells him earlier that, that she's a huge fan. He's She's her... A big fan of his writing, and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, kind of brushes it off. He's has sec a sex dream about her, where he still tells her that he loves his what wife. A sex dream. Well, they were. Uh, she was in like a nighty, and they're kissing and stuff. Yeah, but it's not sex. Okay, so he had a dream where he was taking their relationship slow, <laughs> and just got to first base. Yes. Yeah, and I because nudity and sex, he said no. Both of us. Yeah, I, I said think. no because, I mean, you had told me that it was a television uh, show, so I knew it was not going to be having nudity. I knew it wasn't going to be, a, it wasn't on HBO or something. So Although maybe it was, on, maybe it was, was like on a porn channel. 
<laughs> Maybe. Maybe. You don't know. Bag of boning. <laughs> Ball bag, bag of boning. Bag of boner. It's a gay porn adaption of a Stephen King book. Wait, what is boning? Um, it's it's like a slang word for having sex. I was thinking about bag of boner. Bag of boners would work too, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lorraine Bobbitt going on a dick cutting off streak. Show me more of that prison person. And I can't say his name. But it's okay, forgive me. He's such a great yeah. guy. And uh, so near the end of the first episode, the first part, however you want to do it, or the first interruption for the British people, um, it ends with him going in the bathtub, a seated filled with water, and then it drowns little girl who is different than Kyra. No, a little girl is like coming up and to him. Like, oh, help me, I'm drowning, help me, I'm drowning. Oh, yeah, I thought she came up out of the bathtub. Yeah, she came out, out of the bathtub. Okay, that's I mean, what you, I was you saying. You said he was drowning say. her. No, I said a girl who was drowning comes out of the ah, bathtub. Okay. A girl who had drowned, she was like dead and okay, decayed. Okay, okay, English, no easy. Sorry. <laughs> and, uh, she says, help, I'm drowned. Help, I'm drowned. And I need to be continued. Yeah. Next episode, we're here. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for staying with us. Bye. Now, so he goes through, the. he gets a letter in the mail about a bunch of overdue library books that his wife took out. And he's looking around the house for them. And she has her own separate studio. She's an artist. She's a painter. And he's poking around. And he sees that there's like an opening in the attic. And uh, he goes up there. And that's when the raccoon jumps out and... Knocks his ass to the floor, but he yeah, sees. Yeah, it's a pretty big fall. That fall, and yeah. okay. And he bumped his head on the way up there too, so yeah. he's def definitely extra concussed. Yeah, I'm very happy that he's okay. And yeah, it just happened to still, the back of his head, and nothing, not the and nothing front yeah, part. exactly, nothing happened to his face, yeah, or his body. I bet he looks good, like shirtless, still. Probably. Yeah. It's 2011, this is nine years ago. But. Yeah. No, I bet he's like in good shape. Yeah, we just saw him in a movie that came out last year. Yeah, but we didn't see him like without a shirt. Mm. <laughs> Let's look for like recent first person and shirtless recent movies. Uh, yeah, so continue no you continue you want to i don't remember me i'm not good the... in those things yeah but i want to say things in between because it's very right. they can read that on uh wikipedia too <laughs> so please so she he finds her cache of old library books about the history and the strange the, the curses of uh of this little main town and he starts to get interested. He starts writing his novel. He sees her in a dream, and she says that she she wants him to write. And and he says, I can't do it without you. So she says, I'll help you. I'll I'll be with you. And so he starts writing. He's got like thirty pages, and and uh, and then he's he's listening to this this female singer that. She left the records out. She's this old singer from no, the 30s. The, so many weird things are happening during, like, he's there. They're like, the music started to play without... 
I mean, from the basement and he goes downstairs. And he's not scared at all, no matter what. It's just like I see you. Yeah, it's just like things are happening. Like magnets are changing like positions on the fridge. And he's mm-hmm. like, wow. I mean, if something like that would happen to me, I would like, I don't know, run Leave. away. Yeah. And Call the groundskeeper and say, hey, yeah, you gotta fix like, the fridge. It I keeps was, coming alive. I was thinking like, who would they call? If we call the police, they would laugh. I'd probably call Ghostbusters. Uh, so he's going through all this and um, trying to be productive, trying to occasionally hear from Maddie. She tells him that they've dropped the custody hearing because uh, Max, there was a connection between the guy like that was secretly working for him that was supposed to be representing Kyra. And then it was going to get all thrown out. And then Max contacts Michael and says, if you stay out of this court thing, I won't pursue custody of, of Kyra anymore. And so he agrees to it. And uh, then they, he gets harassed might have been right before that in person by Max and his creepy rosette lady on a rock where this guy in an electronic wheelchair somehow snuck up at the top of this bumpy rock and she pushes him in the water and throws his cell phone and then throws rocks at his head and uh, he He manages to survive. Yeah. If she would have hit his face, I would go in the movie. She does hit him in the forehead. uh, Yeah, but it's fine. Come on. You can cover the forehead. It's like Wolverine. It's just like... Yeah. Um, So he gets home and people can't get in touch with him his his brother is trying to talk to him and his publisher and they have to call the old home his phone or, yeah his his gay brother Sid why, yeah why would he try to call him um, I thought his brother tried to call him no but no, it was just, just as a, his agent he called his brother earlier because Maddie recognized him as the girl that was having as the a, guy that yeah, the mystery Joe's guy that went to dinner. Went, yeah, and so Joe, he's relieved. He's relieved that his wife wasn't cheated on him. And uh, yeah, so he called to tell. But uh, then he sees a message on the fridge that says, "Sid left," and his brother's name is Sid, and he he calls Sid his down brother, left. Sid down left, and he doesn't know what he's talking about. And then it turns out that maybe it meant side down left. Because the letter E was under the fridge. No, but he calls Sid to see if like something happened in the time that like they were About eating, a lift. if there was like a lift, and yeah, it's also funny because in England, lift it's an elevator. It is, yeah. and it's funny because it, we don't have the backstory of. I think Pierce Brosnan and just like yeah, you know, you know, you're not paying me enough for this TV movie for me to do an all-American accent. I'm still gonna sound like British Pierce Brosnan. Because yeah, his like brother that. is not British. Oh, yeah, his brother is not at all. He's very American. Yeah. So maybe they were separated and raised on different continents. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe just adjusted his accent. Yeah. But it's kind of comical to hear him speaking to his brother, and they both sound so distinctly different. I like the, the accent. I think you should use it all the time. <laughs> um. So then he gets a 
you know, after he's immersed himself in this lore of reading about the town, uh, he's still writing his book, and then he he gets his computer screen, just all of what he wrote is gone, and it just says, uh, bag of bones, set this free. No, before that, he sees that there is, like, he's trying to un- to read the, between, like, to read the uh, signs from his wife and he goes to the script and he sees that the, not the script the, the, his writing stuff oh, yeah. and there's like on the side on the left like that's what she meant down mm-hmm. and she kind of like helped him write it but she kept putting like messages in there mm-hmm. so and what did it spell out we missed the the biggest part of the movie like all the curse no, I was getting to that because I was wanted to say that the the but the, that was the, the caretaker. End of the movie. T- I know, but the caretaker tells her that about all these people that he knows who had people in their life that had to do with drowning, and then uh, after Max says that he's going to drop the case, he has his assistant Rosette inject him in the arm with something, put a plastic bag over his face, and drown him in the bathtub okay. and then he went to that but the the meets an old guy at the funeral the hint the last hint was like at the end i mean when he realized what she meant by the mm. side down anyway so he goes to the the other guy right michael goes to max's funeral for some reason just something to do in the town yeah there's no much activities. <laughs> he sees another old guy in a wheelchair named edgar white and he goes to find out more information about this guy, Max. He wants to know his secrets. And uh, he basically reveals that Max was a part... 39. Yeah, back in 1939, was part of the raping and murdering of that singer and the drowning of her daughter. And they buried her near this tree. That was one of the hardest scenes I've watched, I think, in my life. Oh. was hard yeah and me even for a tv show a tv movie or whatever yeah. so you know there is sex in there <laughs> okay um, oh my god so it doesn't count so we learned that there's a there's a curse on the descendants of the people who are involved everybody in the bloodline for their children to be drowned somehow what I woke him up and asked him to rewind because we were both like dozing off in that part and I was like watch it that's like the most important part of the movie so right before they killed her uh, so she cursed them that for them and their children all the all the men will drown their daughters just like they did to her daughter Mm -hmm. that was the curse yeah so that's why a lot of like men this town drowned their daughters. Mm-hmm. So, Tyra would be a part of that, and they want to end the curse. And she's like the last part of the the bloodline. And Maddie kills the husband who is trying to drown her. So that's why Max is trying to get custody of her, basically to kill her. And uh, and that's why Joe. Uh, Pri- Pierce Borsman's wife 
uh, went up there a lot to try to kind of like understand what's going on there and how do they finish it because she was pregnant and she was afraid to tell him because maybe he's gonna kill if it kill the the daughter if it's a daughter so mm-hmm. yeah so they definitely packed a lot of stuff into the ending of the the movie of which I uh he goes to a dinner with Maddie and her daughter is super sweet wants him to read her uh, a book and she falls asleep she, oh she tells him that she had a dream about uh, him and about that little girl did you watch it? no yeah. <laughs> she had a dream about him and about the little girl that she's her friend and she's her friend since her daddy tried to drown her hmm. and this is basically the daughter of Sarah the girl that was yeah. raped and cursed them so she had a dream that he hides with her somewhere after like she was so scared and and then he goes to have dinner with her mom in the other room and she hugs him and they already kissed and stuff and i was like that's too fast come on and i mean your ghost's wife is still around so so then somebody shoots her in her head and kills her Mm. And the last thing that she says is, take care of my daughter. And he said, I will, I will. And he runs out, he catches the guy. It's Brutally, it kills him with a hammer. <laughs> Wait, did he kill him? We don't see that. The cop? I think what so. Cop? The police officer was the guy who shot him. The corrupt no. cop that was in the pocket of Max. Are you sure it wasn't yeah. the first guy, Dean? No. It okay. was the cop. But the, um, you're talking about the caretaker and, yeah. and then the guy from the restaurant. They're in the truck okay, later. So the, okay. Yeah, it was the cop who shot him or shot her. And then the caretaker and the guy they're from the like restaurant. They're all part of the, of the part curse. Of the curse, yeah. They're, they're people who have members of their family have drowned their daughters. And so uh, they're trying to end this. And, and by killing Kai, she's the last one. So. So they're chasing after him in their vehicles and lightning strikes and hits a sign which uh, stops their truck and blows it up. Yeah, it was definitely his wife did it. Uh Excuse me. And there's like the tree that she's buried near embodies her spirit. That's why uh, Michael touches it earlier and gets this massive reaction to it it's like electricity no he brings he brings he's saving basically kyra the little girl he takes her back to his house and he wants to like he starts to fill up the bath and to, 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 for her to take a shower because she's like wet because it was rainy and then he's like no no we're not going here so he puts her right away in the bed and let her go to sleep and in the meantime is finding out what his wife tried to tell him with a side left down he goes to the computer he sees that and it says like the owls in the studio oh, right. so he goes back to the studio oh and then there's like bag of bones something what lie yeah lie something it's just like bag of bones 
lie down this bag lie of bones. Down this bag. Yeah. So he goes back there. There's like uh, next to the owl's um, statues that she has in her studio. She's a she's an artist. She's a painter. Uh, so right next to it, there's like what is that? It's a bag it's of lie. Lye is a chemical. Okay. That it's a metal hydroxide that is uh, it dissolves things. Okay, so he takes that. He runs to the tree. The tree has a face, the face of Sarah. She's mm-hmm. there all the time, and he digs a hole. That's where her body where the was bones buried. are, and the bodies are still fine. I mean, three million years later. And Three million like mummies. Yeah. Yeah, from thirty-nine until now, it's usually just bones, mm. but they're like skin and everything. So he pour that bag of lye. Yeah. And they become bones. So basically, the curse has been removed, and then he goes back into the house. Now that they now they can rest because yeah, yeah. and. He, Kyra is not in the bed, so he goes right away to see if she's in the shower, and she's sitting there with her clothes in the bath, super scared. And he's like, what are you doing? And she's like, the lady told me to. And he was like, what lady? The lady, like, that's it, it's gone, it's it's done, and like, I finished it. She's like, not that lady, that lady. Then there's like the creepy Cinderella stepmom. Rosette, Max's Rosette. assistant, librarian from hell. <laughs> And she told her to kill herself. And then there's like a little last fight between him and her. He kills her with scissors in her throat. Ooh. Yeah. And... He shushed the librarian permanently. And then the police is coming. Everything is good. They're taking care of everything. And then he asked her if she wants to go canoeing. And she says, yes, of course. And the movie ends with like them like going away in the river. Like, yeah. how do you say it? Not going. They're like sailing away. Paddling Cano- away. Canoeing away <laughs> the yeah. river. And I don't know. I feel like it's kind of like Blink because maybe Blink because there is a chance it's going to kill her. But we never know because they didn't create another episode three three. for like an hour and a half part three just an old british actor getting along with the seven yeah just just show me him like just canoeing (laughs) for an hour yeah i'll be happy but take off your shirt pierce i think he thinks he's going to adopt her or something at the end he's going to take care he's going to grant maddie's last wish yeah watch that it's good yeah you don't have to watch read the book us in one day no just like so this is our first We've reviewed two movies before, and this is the first time we've done a two-part TV movie. So that was it. It was good. I enjoyed it. I want. I remember the book. I want to read the book again. But thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. This is Matt Kona. I'm El Gavish. Yeah. See you later. And thank you. See you tomorrow. tomorrow. Yes. Continuing. Mm-hmm. Bye.